Romans chapter 8. I believe that the Lord is making a deposit. Amen. And uh, y'all are an easy bunch to preach to. I mean preach. It's easy for me to preach to y'all. I mean, I could wave my arms and, and spit cotton and jump and we could all run and shout. And we may do that some yet, but that's not the direction I had. I had it on my heart to come. And, you know, Paul said, he talked about the foundation of Jesus Christ, and he talked about he as an apostle was a wise master builder, and he built on that foundation, and how that Apollos and others came and built on the foundation. How many know we're working on a building? The Lord's building his house. And he, we don't want something built on sand that when the storm comes, then it's going to be moved away. We want something solid. Hallelujah. And God, the Lord's already built a lot of things in this church. And uh, we don't want to come in and just do something frivolous, but something that'll add to and build upon. Hallelujah. And cause the, the structure to rise up even higher and, and be even more solid. Can you say amen? I told Phyllis I really had that sense about our time with you. There's been not too many places, but there's been a couple of places that on the way back, I, I looked over at Phyllis, you know, traveling home and said, you know, I, I don't feel like this was a good investment of our time. You know, because some people just have a meeting just to be having a meeting, just to put something on the calendar. And time is short. And, and, and not just with me as a preacher uh, or people in the church, but every one of us need to be redeeming of the time. Amen. Doing things with our energies and our money and our resources that will make a difference. That's going to bear fruit and fruit that remains. And so I believe we're involved in those kind of things. How many believe it's important to hear from God? That's what we've been talking about. Since uh, Sunday morning, hearing from God, talking about the importance of it, and we're talking about how to hear from God. And uh, just to review a little bit, let's read our text, then, then I'll review. In Romans, the eighth chapter, we've read this again and again, and the 14th verse, Romans 8, 14, let's read it out loud together a couple of three times. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Again, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We that are born again have become the sons of God. That's both male and female. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. We're all the sons of God. And sons of God, you know, back up in this just a couple of verses later, or earlier, excuse me, in verse 9, it said, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. That's one of the things that distinguishes a genuine Christian. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. That comes in the new birth. Now, there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit, an endowment of power upon. But if you've been born again, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. And sons of God, born of the Spirit, 
can and should be led, directed, guided, taught by the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful privilege we have. What an edge we should have over the non-Christian. Amen? I mean, uh, the Holy Ghost wants to get involved with us in, in the small things of life. Sometimes people, uh, it, I've heard people say this, well, I, I don't want to bother the Lord with these little old small things. And they have a misconception of Him. I, I think they have a, a mental picture of God as the heavenly switchboard operator with the old-fashioned cable and jack type board and the lights are lit up and flashing he's got prayer calls coming in from florida and new york and california and kansas and africa and london and and i mean important stuff going on and he's up there answering and answering and sweats on his brow and, and you're thinking well I, I don't want to bother the lord and add to his heavy load with my little small request I want you to know there ain't no heavenly switchboard. I know we sing, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. But there ain't no heavenly switchboard. In fact, God wouldn't have a computer. A computer, the best we got, would be like an ox cart to God. He just would be so primitive, he'd have no use for it. But I'm telling you, he is sitting on the throne. He's not old either. He's sitting on the throne, and he is omnipotent. He is omniscient. Hallelujah. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. Somebody says, how does he do that? He's God. God can do things like that. How, how can he do that? How can he, he know everything? Listen, friend, God can sit serenely without breaking a sweat and be aware of all his people's prayers and needs. At one time, he can answer the president's prayer, the king's prayer, the orphans and the widow's prayer, and help you find a parking place downtown at the same time with no difficulty. No, you have not because you ask not. People don't have the direction and the help from the Holy Ghost because they're not looking to Him. They're not checking. We said it before that there are some people that the Holy Ghost helps a lot more than He does other people. It's just a fact of life. It is not because he's a respecter of persons. It's because some have learned to look to him and to depend on him and yield to him more and better than others. You can have all the help you want if you learn to look. Said out loud, I'm a child of God and I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm continuously led by the Holy Ghost. Now, we said the, the first and foremost, the most foundational way that God speaks to us is how? Through the Word. And then we said in addition to that, the Holy Ghost communicates with us how? By the witness. Everybody say the Word and the witness. So these are the two main ways that God speaks to us and communicates with us. 
In the 16th verse, let's read that again. Verse 16 of the same 8th chapter. The Spirit itself, or as many translations say, Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He lets us know that. He causes us to be, that to be confirmed to us, bears witness with what part of our being? Not our mind, not our emotions, not our feelings, not our physical body, but our spirit. The spirit is the inner man. There's an inner man, there's an outer man the Bible talks about. Though the outward man is perishing or decaying, the uh, what does 2 Corinthians 4.16 says? Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Outer man, inner man. And uh, because of that, we don't need to be looking to the outside to be led. We're led not by external things, by things out in this world. For one thing, Satan's the god of this external world, and he can influence things. He can do things. So if you're led by stuff happening out here, you can wind up being led by the enemy. Oh, but there's not no devil inside of you. The Holy Ghost is inside you. And there's a sign up says, no vacancy. <laughs> I mean, between me and the Holy Ghost, we're full up. There's no other room. <laughs> And if I'm led internally, then that's not subject to the influences of the enemy. We don't need to be led by our physical feelings. We don't need to be led by things out here. We don't just need to be led by the reasoning of our mind. We need to be led internally by the Word of God and by the witness of the Spirit. We went into some detail talking about this word witness, and the same word you find over in uh, Romans 9.1, is the word co-witness. It literally means co-witness, C-O-witness, or a witnessing with. It helps you to understand there's somebody else inside you, inside your body, beside your spirit. There's another spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. There's another person inside of you. And you can be thinking about, should I do this or should I do that? And you get to lean in toward doing this. And if you can check on the inside, then somebody else. Hallelujah, beside you is bearing witness and causing you to know you got a confirmation. Not just one of you, but two of you. Hallelujah. That's worthy of meditation. So we, we talked about the witness quite a bit. And I told you that unless the Lord led us another way, I was going toward the end of these sessions, begin to get into and deal with how to develop and increase in sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. So are you ready for some of that? Okay, now, now, now just be prepared. Some things don't make you shout when you hear them, but you shout a lot later if you do them. And if being, if, you know, if being really, really sensitive to God and knowing the voice of God really, really well, if it was just automatic and just really easy, everybody would be doing it. But there may be a few things that's going to require something of you. But then it's going to depend on how hungry you are. Do you want it or not, you see? How many would like the communication of God to be so clear to you and so strong that when he whispers to you, it sounds like he's speaking through the PA system to you. And you're not wondering and guessing, is this God? I don't know. I hope so. No, you know. You know. 
You're sure. Can it be that way? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And I'm going to share with you some specific things you can do. I'm excited about this because I know these things. I wouldn't tell you something that I didn't see in the Word and that we hadn't done and, and I didn't know for sure works. I wouldn't just throw something out at you to, to try out. These are things I know, I know will work for you. Hallelujah. The first thing here that we will talk about is just, it's a reiteration a little bit, but we'll expand. Developing your own spirit is going to make you more aware of the Holy Spirit. The more developed you are spiritually, then the more plain and strong the communication of the Holy Spirit will be to you because how does He communicate with you? He bears witness with your own spirit. So the more aware you are of your own spirit, the more aware you'll be of the Holy Spirit. Now, whatever you exercise and feed and give time to is what you're going to be more aware of. Have you, has anybody in here ever exercised your muscles? Huh? Let's say you're going you're gonna to exercise your, your biceps. So you get your dumbbell or something or whatever, and you're going to curl them. Well, the first time you do it, you may get really carried away and think, oh, yeah, man, I'm liking this. And you just do it and do it. Well, uh, I got a flash for you in about a day or two. <laughs> you're going to really be aware of your biceps. Aren't you? I mean, you're going to know where it starts and where it ends and the top of it and the bottom of it. Why? Because you're going to have overdone it and made it real sore. But the principle is because you've been exercising that part of your body, you're more aware. Have you ever, you know, done something that you weren't used to doing? And man, in a day or so, you were so, you, you said, man, I got muscles I didn't know I had. Because usually you're not aware of those particular muscles. But because you exercised them, you became aware. Well, your spirit's that way. The more you feed your spirit and the more you exercise your spirit, the more aware you're going to be of your spirit. Now, this is a whole teaching within itself. I've done a teaching on this before, how to develop your spirit. We don't have time to spend on that, but let me just give you a few things. You understand feeding on the Bible is feeding your spirit. Hearing good teaching and preaching, the Spirit anointed feeds your spirit. Amen? But that's not all. It, it takes more than just feeding. You also have to exercise. Praying in the Holy Ghost is spiritual exercise. First Corinthians says, by praying in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful, so my spirit is being exercised. Another spiritual exercise is praise, giving thanks, praising God. Worshiping God and anything you do, walking by faith exercises your spirit. Walking in love exercises your spirit. Rejoicing when you feel like crying exercises your spirit. But just suffice it to say that as you develop your own spirit, as you feed yourself good and spiritual nourishment, that's why you need to be in church regularly. And you need to read good books and hear good tapes. And first and foremost, you need to spend some time with your Bible. And you don't have to break any records if you just spent 15 minutes a day. But something regularly. 
Even if you don't fully understand what you're reading, if you read it in faith, it'll begin to feed your spirit. You'll begin to be stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, between feeding, regular feeding and exercising, you'll grow. You know, it's sad that when people are doing pretty good, sometimes they begin to get slack. They don't read, they don't feed, don't, don't go to church, and then, you know, go along until some problem comes up, and then come in and want the pastor to counsel them and give them in an hour or two session what they should have been getting in regular church services, you know, three times or plus times a week for the last several months. Well, that's hard to make up. And I didn't get too many amens on that, but uh, it's true nonetheless. You know, if you're not needing to believe God for something, you will. <laughs> Did you hear me? So, something's going to come up where you're going to need to use your faith. You're going to need to be strong. So if you're wise, you'll be a feeding yourself, getting in the meetings, amen, in the good times. It's kind of like the champ. He won the heavyweight title. I mean, he's the champ. But then he gets caught up, and, you know, he's laying around watching TV and eating pizzas and, and drinking soda pop and, and eating candy bars. And six months pass, and he, every once in a while he stops to think, you know, it seems like there's something I ought to be doing. I flip the channels, and, and, and you know, somebody comes by and says, well, how, are you in shape for the next fight, champ? If you're not in a fight, one's coming up. I know you might not like to hear that, but the devil is not dead, I'm telling you. Whether it's for you or your kinfolks or your friends, your health or your finances or your something. And so the wise person is not just going to lay around and let their spirit shrivel up and dry up because everything's going along pretty good. The wise person's going to be feeding, exercising, feeding, exercising, getting stronger. Because the devil waits for you to get real weak to pounce on you. And if you're smart, you'll keep him waiting. Did you get that? <laughs> if you're smart, you'll keep him waiting. You just keep getting stronger and stronger. And he's thinking, well, I thought they were going to slack off here after a while. And just keep him waiting your whole life long would be the best thing. But, uh... Developing your spirit. Now, a, a side benefit of this is that as you're feeding on the Word, whether it's the Bible or, or good services, you are hearing the Spirit. And it's the same Spirit, not a different Spirit, the same Spirit that's in you. The Spirit that inspired Genesis and Matthew and Acts that same Holy Ghost is the one who lives in you. Amen. And at the more familiar you become with this, then when he speaks up inside you, it's going to sound just like this. Because hey, he's the same spirit. He's the one who wrote this. He used humans, but he's the one who said it. And so in filling yourself with the word... You become familiar with him. I know he said this to me about a new song, singing a new song in the spirit. Years ago, the Lord led me to, to go back and feed on the Psalms. You see, singing a new song like Ephesians uh, talks about, speaking in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, that really is prophecy. 
It's the spirit of prophecy. And it's the same thing that you read in the book of Psalms. All those 150 Psalms were given by the spirit of prophecy. Now, see, not all prophecy is foretelling the future. Prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14 says, is speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. See, that's, that's, nothing's mentioned there about foretelling. There are different levels of prophecy. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, go back and, and sing those Psalms out loud. I thought, well, Lord, how do they go? He said, be led. <laughs> so I did. Just in the privacy of my own home, I just went back and started about Psalm 120 or so and just started singing them. And the Lord prompted me, now sing all those, and then when you get to Psalm 50, go ahead and sing Psalm 151 by faith. If you know your Bible, you know there, there is no Psalm 151. What does that mean? That means you're going to sing a new one. And the thing is, and, and it's really easy. If you've never done that, let me encourage you. Get in the privacy of your own home. And open, you might say, well, Brother Keaton, I just don't sing. Listen, everybody can sing. Not everybody should record. But everybody can sing and everybody should sing. It's just different. You just step up a little bit higher when you go ahead and sing it out. By faith, and I'm telling you, what you do is you get comfortable with that same spirit that David prophesied by. It's the same Holy Ghost, though it happened years ago. And you get in the flow, in the vein of that, you can just keep going. Now listen, if you are feeding on the wrong spirit, you become more familiar with that spirit. And we don't want to be familiar with the spirit of the world. We want to be familiar with the Spirit of God. Go with me, why don't you, to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10. Said out loud, Spirit of the Word, not Spirit of the World. So we don't want to be familiar with the Spirit of the World. We want to be familiar with the Holy Ghost who is in us, and He is the exact same Spirit who inspired the book, the Word. Now, in 1 Corinthians 10, are you there? And in verse 16, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, The cup of blessing, he said, which we bless, is it not the communion, or that word means fellowship, of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion or fellowship of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, we are all partakers of that one bread. Now, now get this, fellowshipping and partaking. Behold, Israel, after the flesh, are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils or demons, and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Now, 
I'm going to get into this probably a little bit more uh, tomorrow night, unless the Lord leads a different way. But understand this, if you want to be really sharp spiritually, you cannot be worldly. Now, when I say that, people's minds go off on a tangent. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about holiness before this is through. But people, have, when, they, when they hear holiness, they think dress code and man-made rules. And yet, how many know that the, that the word holiness is found many times in the Bible? It's important, but many people don't understand it. And the big thing about this is not, not the natural, not the outside at all, but rather the spirits we're fellowshipping with. Now see, Paul is telling them, the Holy Ghost is telling them through Paul, that it's not okay for them to go up to these idol worship feasts. And yet they were, some of them were, were trying to use some of Paul's teachings to justify it. Cause they'd say, well, hey, Paul said that these idols are not gods. So what's wrong with us going up? He said, well, this is what's wrong. What they're doing, they're, even though they're just sacrificing to a rock and to this and that, it's an inanimate thing, yet there are demons involved. And I'm going to paraphrase it. If you go and get involved with what they're doing, you wind up fellowshipping with the same spirits that they're fellowshipping with. Well, if you're doing that, then you're going to become more familiar and aware of these wrong spirits. You're certainly not going to become more familiar and aware with the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the word worldliness... And ungodliness. Think about the word. When we hear the word ungodly, again, your mind might run off on a tangent. What does ungodly mean? Ungodly. Un means not. In order for something to be ungodly, all it has to be is God's not in it. And see, a whole lot of things that people think are not so bad are ungodly. Because God's never mentioned in it. God's not referred to. When people are doing it, they never think about God. They never talk about God. They have eliminated God from it. So therefore, it is ungodly. And that's not okay for us. I said, that's not okay for us. Now, we have to watch it. In our society today, people, they push so hard about the separation of church and state. and Push so hard about, well, y'all can't, don't come and bring this religion in here. Well, listen, when we come in, God's going to come in. All right? If you, if, you go, if you say, well, you can only come if you leave God at home, well, then we ain't coming. Or either we're going to buy you out and take it over. But, but we're not leaving God out of it. We can't. I said, we cannot. Why? Because I'm in Him, and He's in me. And when I walk through the door, He walks through the door too. And it would be a grievous sin for you and I to suppress the Spirit of God in us, that we're not going to look to Him, we're not going to listen to Him, we're not going to yield to Him, and here's all these bad spirits manifesting, and the Spirit of God's grieved in us, and we're going to act like He's not even there, and try to fellowship with these wrongs. That is a sin. That's wrong. 
Why shouldn't we go to some of these X-rated movies? I mean, people, I mean, people know you shouldn't do that. But do you know a lot of Christians are? I'm telling you. We're surrounded by promiscuity. It's getting quiet now, Pastor. <laughs> I haven't digressed. I'm talking to, about you being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost checks you and says, No, don't, don't get on that plane. Don't get in that car and go there today. And He's trying to save your life. About you having enough sensitivity to know that's God. And I'm going to obey that. Why are so many people so dull? This is one reason. Too much input of the Spirit of the world. Not enough input of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Word. Why shouldn't we go in these places? Well, we're not supposed to look on other people's nakedness. That's true. But it's even more to it than that. There are spirits that are associated with that. Spirits of lust. Hmm? And if we, if we get involved in these things and let these pictures and, and, and let these stories take our minds to these places, we are yielding. And we are fellowshipping with the same spirits that inspired these writers and creators of these things. You know, Paul talks about this and he says, I'm presenting you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Do you remember that people that sin and go the way of the world that have been born again, they're called adulterers? Spiritual adultery is what it is. And the reason it's compared to that is because it's just like a wife going with another man besides her husband. We have been married to the Lord Jesus. Amen. And, you know, if you, if you were in the world for a while before you got saved, then you used to run with some wrong spirits. Hmm? You used to party with them. But do what you did. And we don't like to talk about it, but even after you get saved, sometimes on Friday night, they'll roll up in the driveway and blow the horn. Honk, honk, honk. Hey! Remember us? <laughs> you know it's true. Remember how we used to get down? Man, you ain't done that in a long time. You know what? You're missing out. You're missing out. Come on. Let's party. Come on. Let's do a little dope. Come on. Let's, let's find us a woman. Come on. Let's, let's get us a man. People don't like to talk about it. They, they like to sit up in church and act like these thoughts never cross their mind. <laughs> but you are your flesh. And your flesh, your body didn't get born again. It was the inner man. And you can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it, my friend. Your flesh today will do anything you let it do. And if you just start yielding, it'll get worse and worse and worse. And you can wind up backsliding. But it's spiritual adultery. So when God, I mean, 
There's some things that's obviously not right. But then other things, we might think, well, it's okay. But listen, if God's not mentioned in it anywhere, it's ungodly. God's left out of it. That's not okay for us. Because I understand everywhere you go, the Holy Ghost is there. You can't sneak off and go somewhere and do something. You're going to get off behind a tree and do something, and you over there getting ready to do it, and the Holy Ghost will speak up inside you and go, what you doing? <laughs> How many of you, you can't get away from him. You can't sit and watch something on the TV and he don't know about it. He's sitting there with you. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, see, it's up to you now. How sensitive do you want to be? If you want to be sensitive, then you want to fill yourself with the Word. And you want to partake of things that the Holy Ghost is in. Amen? Because everything that you're involved in, where you're rubbing shoulders with the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, you're getting more familiar with Him. You're getting to know Him better. You're getting clearer and stronger about what He's saying and what He's doing. Hallelujah. And it don't all happen in a week or two. But you stay after it month after month. Then I'm telling you, his leadings will get so strong to you and so distinct in you that you'll just know. You'll just know. And nobody can talk you out of it. You just know it's God. Because you know not the spirit of the world. You know the spirit of God, the spirit of the word, the Holy Ghost who's in you. Can you say amen? Now another thing that will help you. You're here in 1 Corinthians. Why don't you just turn over to the, uh, well, you're up there at the 11th chapter. The 11th chapter. If I'm doing as good a job as teaching as y'all are of listening and receiving, we're doing all right. Y'all are doing good. We're making progress here, I'm telling you. Chapter 11, are you there? Talking about how to develop sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Here's another thing. 1 Corinthians 11.1. We're talking about following the Holy Ghost. He said, be ye, what? Followers of me. Who's talking here? Well, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Ghost through Paul. Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Follow people that know the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Hook up with them. Watch them. Watch how they do it. Now, don't just don't take anybody and just make them the guide of your life. Don't care who they are. But you can learn from people that have walked with God for a while. And I know so much of what I've learned about following God. I, the Lord taught me through Dr. Hagen. I've had the privilege of sitting under his ministry for 20 years now, and most of it on a daily basis. And I know, uh, I know one of the first times he took Phyllis and I on a crusade with him, it's been a number of years ago, up in uh, New York State, and he introduced us. He had me stand up, and he said, this is Brother Keith. He's going to be teaching in the mornings for me. And he said, I personally trained him. And we sat down. Y'all were there. <laughs> and uh, so as I sat there, I'll be honest with you, I thought to myself, personally train me. 
Well, I'm sure he's right, but, you know, we really hadn't spent much time together personally. Because I had in my mind, you know, if somebody personally trained you, that I mean you were like with them in their house a lot and ate with them a lot and and just spent a lot of one-on-one time with them. And, you know, I kind of turned that around in my mind because I had been under his ministry a lot, but very little personal time, very little. Now, there's been quite a bit since then, but at that time, very little. And so later on that evening, I got to pray, and that came up to me again. I said, Lord, you know, you heard what he said, and I'm sure that's right, but, you know. And he began to teach me. He said, sure he did. He said, actually, I trained you through him every day when you were sitting on that seat in healing school. Every day when you were sitting in that classroom. See, we get human personalities in our eyes, and that's not what we want. We want the anointing. And the anointing is the strongest on people a lot of times in the services. And what I didn't realize is that I was watching him every day, and I'd begin to sense the Holy Ghost move, but I didn't know what he wanted. I didn't know what he wanted to do, but I would watch Brother Hagin interpret and direct and go the way the Holy Ghost wanted to go, and I was learning in every instance. I was seeing how to apply this and what to do here, and I began to follow him as he was following the Holy Ghost, and after a while, you learn the ropes a little bit for yourself. And when something comes up, you go, oh yeah, I've been here before, and, and Brother Hagin did this when that happened, and you begin to learn the Holy Ghost for yourself. You're being trained tonight. I said, you're being trained tonight. You're being trained every Sunday morning, every Sunday evening, every time that you come to the services. When you get good books and good tapes and you really immerse yourself in them, you don't just let them play while your, you know, mind is wandering, but you focus in, you begin to partake. Did you get this? They fellowshiped and they partook. Fellowshipping is not just spending time, but if you really have genuine fellowship, you begin to take and part of that becomes part of you. Hallelujah. So you learn about being led by the Holy Ghost by being around people who've walked with the Lord a lot longer than you have and who have learned themselves. So so stay hooked with your elders. Amen? And continue to learn. Now here's another thing. Go with me to Galatians 5. Hold your place in 1 Corinthians right there because we're coming back close by. But go to Galatians 5. Then we're coming back to 1 Corinthians 14, actually. That's why I said it's close by. Galatians 5, 1 Corinthians 14. Talking about developing sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, you, you know it, many of you, but look at it again. Verse 22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22. Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. When He manifests Himself, it's going to be like this. Amen? The Holy Ghost is not going to man, He's not going to lead you in hate. 
Right? He's not going to lead you. I'm, I'm going down through the list now. He's not going to lead you in depression. He's not going to lead you through worry. He's not going to lead you through impatience. Is he? He's not going to lead you through harshness and bitterness. Do you see, if you're in that mode, you've got to straighten yourself out because you're not in the way of being led. If you're down, you're depressed, you're worried, you're being harsh and hard and bitter, you're not on the Holy Ghost channel. You're not going to pick up what he's saying to you because you're on the wrong. I mean, he's broadcasting FM and you're on the AM band. There's no way you're going to get the station. What stations is he on? He's on the love station. <laughs> station L-O-V-E. Broadcasting a million watts. You tune in to the love band. He's going to come in crystal clear. If you're on the hate channel, you're picking up the wrong spirit. Right? You laying there, tossing and turning, kicking in bed, thinking about how that sorry rascal did me. I think I could. And, and these thoughts come to you. Why don't you just go in and tell his boss tomorrow what you noticed that he did? I imagine he find that out. He'll probably fire him. Why don't you just call his wife anonymously and tell her what you heard so-and-so said? Well, where are you getting that information? Where's that direction coming from? Is that the Holy Ghost? Yeah, but see, you, you, you tune into that. You remember the, the writer of the Proverbs said, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear. That, that word inclines like the word we use to, to set a satellite dish. You adjust it so that it picks that up. You can do your ears that way. You can do your spirit that way. So that I, I, I incline my heart toward Holy Ghost things. Well, there's some hate trying to come in. No, let's tune away from that. Tune away from that. We're just picking up the love band. It's up to you what you want to receive. You can receive anything you want to. But it'll cost you. Who wants to hear the devil's broadcast? Love. Joy. He's going to lead us in love. Said out loud, he's going to lead us in love. He's going to lead us in joy. He's going to lead me in peace. Do you understand there's a whole sermon in each one of these? You remember Colossians, what is it, 3, 5? Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it act as an umpire, settling with finality the decision. See, a lot of things, we say, well, well, I just had peace about doing this. I didn't have any peace about doing that. Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the way the Holy Ghost manifests Himself. He's not going to lead you through uh you know, being upset and through being scared and worried, troubled, that's not him. He, when he manifests, it's going to be peace. Hallelujah. Joy. You'll look at this and you just can't get any happiness about that. 
And you start looking and thinking about doing this. And man, the more you think about it, the better you feel. And the more peace you got. Hallelujah. And you just feel, you know, you feel the, the long suffering of God and the quietness and rest of God coming into you. Well, now you're beginning to sense his leading and his direction. He leads us through love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness. Now, here, here's a whole other side of this. What if somebody is trying to get you to do something and they're really pressuring you and being hard about it? Would you conclude that that was the Holy Ghost trying to minister to you through them? Hmm. Faith does not put pressure on people. Does not. That's a whole other message there. But faith doesn't pressure people. That includes you pressuring others. Right? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 14 now, please. One of the the greatest of these that we could talk about is the very first one mentioned. Love. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. What's the first word? Follow. We're talking about following the Lord. Hearing from God, being led and directed by Him. What does it say? Follow after charity, or that word means love, divine love. Follow after that love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. There's a connection. That's 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 too weak of a word. The, the manifestations of, of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, tongues and interpretation, working of miracles, all these manifestations, these things are inseparable from being led by the Holy Ghost. And connected with this is following after love. This is a huge key to you being used more of God in the manifestations than you ever have been. I know... Uh, a lady minister that Phyllis and I were acquainted with some years ago. She's already gone home to be with the Lord. But she said something that has stuck with me over the years. She would get word of knowledge in services. And I mean accurate. I mean it was God. Just things that nobody could have had any way of knowing that really ministered to people and helped them. And she she said this one time. She said, you know, the people ask me, how, do, how does that work? How do you get these kind of things? She said, well, I just pray in the Holy Ghost before the service. And as I'm ministering, I just look out over the crowd, and and she said, there are times when the love of God will just rise up in me and just extend to I'll see somebody, and the love of God will just go out through me towards them. And she said, I just follow that love. And she goes over and, 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 and begins to pray for that person or begins to minister to them, and as she does, revelation comes. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Following love, well, God is love. If you're following love, you're following God. Can you say amen? amen. And so Phyllis talked about that a little bit last night. I mean, that's, that's the same thing as what she was talking about. That's why she pulled her earrings off and gave them to that lady behind the ticket counter at the, at the airline uh, counter. And why she, you know, gave gifts to people that she had never met and didn't know. Just the love of God. 
I mean, there's times that I, I've been just sitting at my desk, and this person, this pastor, I'm thinking one time, his pastor came up to my heart, and, and the love of God just went out in my heart towards him. I, I just sensed God loves him, and I care about him. And that came up again. Well, I got busy, and, and a little later on the day, it came up again. Well, I prayed for him a little bit, and a lot of times that's all you need to do is pray for somebody. But in this particular occasion, I kept having the impression maybe I ought to call him. So I picked up the phone and called him. And I didn't say, you know, thus saith the Lord, I had to call you. I, I didn't spectacularize it. I just said, hey, how you doing? He said, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is amazing. He said, I was on the floor praying and said, Lord, help me out. Help somebody. Help me with this. Contact me. And he said, and the phone rang. Well, as he began to talk, wisdom began to come up. I began to see the thing for him to do and the way to go. I mean, it was God. It wasn't me. It was beyond me. It was revelation. But how did we get there? I mean, this was a word of knowledge and it was a word of wisdom. It was manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But how did it start? Love. The love of God just came up. What if I hadn't followed that love? Well, then you wouldn't have got the rest. Do you see that? You might, I mean, the love of God might just come in you to, to, towards your neighbor. And it might be seemingly a small thing to you. Bake them a pie. Or if you're not that hot of a, a cook, go buy them a pie. Uh, <laughs> or go, uh, you know, pay, pay their utility bill for the month. Or, or, or pay a car payment for them. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, follow the love of God. And I'm telling you, these things that you've been hungering for and you wanting to tap over into some supernatural and revelation, this is the key. That This is how you get from here to there. Is you begin to give place to that love and yield to that love and follow that love. And you're not trying to show somebody how spiritual you are. You're not trying to do something so you can come testify to your brother or, or sister, I was used. No, you genuinely love the Lord and love the people. And you're just trying to help them some way. And God gives that supernatural equipment to help them with. Hallelujah. Everybody say, follow love. Follow love and desire gifts of the Spirit. See, but what came first, though? Follow love. Follow love. Follow love and you'll be following God. Follow love and you'll be following the leadings of the Holy Ghost. That's true concerning all the uh, fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and etc. But how important this first one is of love. Thank you, Lord. Now, whew, you guys listen good and time goes by. Go with me to Jeremiah 42 and 1 Samuel 13, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll finish up tonight with these things. If not, we'll just take a few minutes and, and finish up. But, but Jeremiah 42, Jeremiah, that's in the Old Testament. That may be back where some of your pages are stuck together. Well, get them unstuck. <laughs> Jeremiah 42. And then also we're going to find what? 1 Samuel 13. I'm going to review while you're turning. How do we develop insensitivity to the Holy Ghost? Well, for one thing, we develop our own spirit. We feed and exercise our own spirit. 
And through familiarity with the Spirit of the Word, we become familiar with the Spirit inside us. We limit our contact with ungodly and godless things. And uh, we, we don't want we, we, anything that's got a wrong spirit about it, we don't want to fellowship with that. That'll contaminate us. And that'll dull us from being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And following others who know the Holy Ghost. This will help us and train us and lead us. Then following love and following all the fruit of the Spirit will, will aid you and help you to recognize the leadings of the Holy Ghost. Now here's another thing here. You're in there in Jeremiah 42. Keys to being led by the Holy Ghost. Faith and patience. Everybody say faith and patience. These are keys to being led by the Holy Ghost. Both of these are significant. Now, by faith, I mean this. You need to look to the Holy Ghost. You need to ask the Lord for help and direction. Now, you don't, you don't pray to the Holy Ghost legally, but you can ask Him questions. Now, I've had people say, well, I, I don't understand that. How can I ask him questions without praying to him? Simple. Can you ask me a question without praying to me? Then it's solved. Prayer proper is not to Jesus either. Prayer proper is to the Father God in the name of Jesus. That's prayer proper. But can you talk to Jesus? Yeah, he's a person. You can talk to him. Can you talk to the Holy Ghost? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There's a number of times I said, Holy Ghost, help me with this. You know? I, you, you know, Holy Ghost. I know you know the answer to this. And, and, and not just asking questions, but looking and checking. Everybody say checking. checking. You know what I mean by that? Checking your heart. Checking inside you. So you ask the Lord for direction. You ask Him for... This does include prayer. You ask Him for direction. You ask Him for help and guidance. And then you expect it. I said you expect it. You expect to be led. That's one of the things that this whole uh, meeting, all these meetings, should be ministering faith in you that you expect to be led. Amen? That you expect to be led in your decisions that you make the rest of this evening. You expect to be led tomorrow. Amen. Do I do this or do that? What, I mean, we, we're going to train ourselves so that everything that comes up, we don't lean to our own understanding. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We check our heart. We check for the leading and for the direction. Ask. Expect. Check. Look. Amen. Come here, brother. Help me out again. Put your Bible down. Let's, let's say this brother's the Holy Ghost. And he's trying to tell me something. He wants to show me something. And, and, I'm, you know, and, and I'm over here saying, Lord, I wish you would help me. I really need some help on this. Talk to me. Talk to me. Brother, what do you think? What do you think I ought to do about this? Sister, what do you think? Where's the Holy Ghost? Is he trying to get my attention? But see, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's not going to be able to talk to you unless you give him your attention. Turn.
turn to him. Sometimes, like Hezekiah, he turned his face to the wall in the middle of it. What does that mean? He turned away from everybody and everything and just looked to God. And so you got to do that. You, as long as you're ignoring the Holy Ghost, he's not going to be able to communicate to you. But you got to focus in and check. And when you do, he's going to start talking. Hallelujah. Thank you. Ask. Expect. Check. Look. Right? Are you with me? This may sound very simple, but I'm telling you, this is amazing how this will change your life. Ask for the direction. Ask for the help. I'm telling you, I never go to a service or preach or teach or, or, or lead a service that I don't ask the Lord. Before I got here, I asked the Lord. I don't care how many times I've taught or preached. I don't care how many scriptures I can quote or how many notes I got. I say, Lord, I'm asking you for the messages. I'm asking you for it. I'm asking you for the direction, for the guidance, for the anointing, for the grace, for the help. But you know it wouldn't do me much good to ask unless I believed I received. Amen. I got to believe I receive it and I've got to expect it. And so even when I, if I'm getting down here, I mean after I was down here for a day, I still wasn't clear on what I was supposed to do with y'all. But you know what I was doing? I'm expecting. I'm expecting. And the Lord will teach you. I mean, years ago, I was going to a meeting. I was supposed to speak that night. And, man, I had looked half the week about what the Lord had had me to do, and I just couldn't get clear on it. And a lot of things were good, but we don't just want the good thing. We want the right thing. And uh, I got on the plane. I'm flying there. And uh, I was flying commercial this time, and I'm flying there, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm thinking, uh, okay, Lord, any time would be good. I mean, I'm, I'm landing in just a few hours. I'm supposed to just drive straight over there and put the mic on and start. And I said, Lord. He said, don't you trust me? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, relax. So I ordered a ginger ale and tried to relax. Well, come to find out when I got there, I stepped up behind the pulpit and word of knowledge began to come. And we just ministered in the spirit to people for the whole night. I didn't need a message. I didn't know I didn't need a message. I thought I needed one. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the same point here. What do we do? Ask. Expect. Check. Now, here's this next thing I've already illustrated. Wait on it. Wait on the direction. It doesn't always come the moment you say amen. It doesn't always come by the end of the day. And this is where people mess up. Oh boy, people mess up. Probably all of us have made a mistake or two in this area. Because things are coming up and you feel the pressure to do something. And you'll be pressured to try to make a decision on your own with the knowledge you have before you've heard from God. And this can cost you. This can cost us severely. In Jeremiah, are you there? 42. The Holy Ghost works the same way today as He did back in the Old Testament. Now, we have a different covenant. Uh, our relationship with Him is better, actually. But He's the same Spirit. And notice in chapter 42, 
The first couple of verses talks about all these leaders of the people came to Jeremiah. And in verse 2, they, they said, you know, pray to the Lord for us. And verse 3, you know, whatever the Lord shows us, we'll do it. And so Jeremiah, the prophet, said, I've heard you, and I'm going to pray to the Lord for you. And then whatever the Lord says, I'll tell you. I won't keep anything back from you. Verse 5, Jeremiah said, the Lord be a true and faithful witness. You know, that, you know, whether it's good or evil, they said, we'll obey the voice of the Lord. Now, verse 7, get this. Verse 7. And it came to pass after ten minutes. How long? Ten hours, probably. Maybe, maybe it was late that night. What? Everybody said out loud. Say it out loud. Ten days. So if they'd have had phones and they'd have called Jeremiah that next morning and said, Jeremiah, all right, what about it? What's the Lord say? <laughs> what would he have had to say? I hadn't got it yet. Hmm? Well, what's wrong with you? You lose your touch? Are you a prophet or not? Thought you could hear from God. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've walked with God. You're not God. He's God. You don't tell Him what to say, how, and when. You ask Him. And then you wait on Him. He might tell you this afternoon. He might tell you three months from now. There's some questions I asked the Lord, and He answered me. Ten years later. I'm not joking. Ten years later. I mean, I had forgot about it almost. <laughs> and I was going down the road one day in my car, and the Lord begins talking to me about this thing, and I realized that's what I asked Him ten years ago. But I tell you, it didn't take me, you know, 15 seconds to realize why He hadn't answered me until now. Do you understand? There are some questions that three-year-olds can ask that you just can't answer them. They wouldn't know what you're talking about, would they? You just have to say, well, baby, when you get older, we can talk about that. And that's what had to happen in this particular case with me. I had to grow for 10 years before I could understand what he was saying. Now, most things, it's not that way. And I know when you got something pressing, you're not wanting to hear about waiting 10 years. And the Lord knows that too. But at the same time, if you hadn't got it yet, you don't have it yet. So what do you do? You wait, not just waiting passively to see if anything's going to happen. You've prayed. God's heard your prayer. You're in faith. You're expecting. Amen. You wait expectantly, expecting to know what to do. And not, you know, oh, friend, you'll be pressed. You'll be pushed. There'll be cases in life to where, you know, people are hollering at you, and they're calling you on the phone, and they're telling you, come on, you, come on now, you've got to decide on this. You've got to make up your mind until I've heard from the Lord. I'm not moving on this. And oh, for, there'll be times when it seems like it's too late. I'm waiting too late. There'll be some situations where you will get all the way down to the Red Sea. Your toes will be in the water. Pharaoh's horse will be breathing on the back of your neck before the Red Sea opens up. But God will be there. I'm telling you, he'll be there. Wait on him. Everybody say, wait on him. Don't just decide and go on your own, because that's what you'll be. On your own. Don't, don't do it. You don't want that. Turn to the other 
passage. What is that? First Samuel. Boy, this is such a vivid picture here of this in First Samuel. Said out loud, ask for direction. Expect direction. Look for direction. And wait on direction. See, wait on it. Wait on it. First Samuel 13. This is the account, and I'm endeavoring to close. I'm, I'm trying not to keep you too long. First Samuel 13, story of Saul. He had just been king for a short time. And when he first got in office, he was very, very humble. But it didn't take too much you know, too long of all these fancy meals and all these people waiting on him hand and foot and him being the head until he began to change. And the prophet Samuel told him concerning this certain thing, he, t- he commanded him to wait for him seven days and he was going to come meet him and there's going to offer an offering up to the Lord and prepare the people for what was coming up. And in verse 7, 13-7, some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him, trembling. Now, they hadn't seen, as we say, hide nor hair of the prophet. But some of the people are deserting. Here the Philistines are ready to, to wipe them out, and, and some of the people are gone. They're deserting, and the ones that are there, they're scared, they're shaking. I mean, it looks and feels like things are falling apart while they wait on the man of God, which is typical of waiting on God. And verse 8, And he tarried seven days, according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring here a burnt offering to me, and a peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. Wrong. He's not qualified. He's not a prophet. He's not a priest. He's, he's getting out of his place. He, he's intruding over into another's office. He, he's taking too much on himself. Verse 10, now get this, get this, verse 10, it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, he just got the thing lit up real good, and Samuel pulls up. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, well, I saw the people were scattered from me, and you came not within the days appointed, and the Philistines were gathering themselves together. And so I said, the Philistines are going to come down on us, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. So I forced myself and went ahead and offered the burnt offering. Now, do you realize Saul came to a bad end? Anybody read the rest of these chapters? Do you know Saul? Do you understand this is how he got there? He began to go that way with these kind of things. Verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You've not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. And it goes on. But do you see what happened? He got antsy waiting on the Lord. And he said, I'm a, well, I got to do something. I, I got to do something. So he went ahead and did it. And I mean, as soon as he did, 
Do you see? This was not by accident. His heart was being checked out. Are you going to wait on the Lord or not? Are you going to take things in your own hands and make your own decisions? Or are you going to wait on Him? And I, I'm not, I can't tell you this is easy. This is not easy. I, I've been in some spots myself. Even in this past year, we've been in some spots where, oh man, you, you feel pressed. You feel like we need to do something. But friend, unless you've heard from God, you're just asking for trouble. To do something on your own, make yourself. Discipline yourself. Control yourself. And if you hadn't heard from God, stay steady. Be still. Hmm? Well, they're pressing me for... I tell you, that's one thing I've learned about uh, Brother Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin. I mean, he's got a large ministry and so many things are going on. Uh, but I, it doesn't make any difference how many people are calling from what departments. we got to do this. we got to do that. If he hadn't heard from God, you might as well leave him alone. I mean, he'll just sit down in the road with you. I mean, he's until he's heard... And I've also noticed this. He hasn't had to do a lot of backtracking over the years. He hadn't had to come up and say, Well, I'm sorry. We missed God on this and wasted all this money. No. When you follow, when you wait on the Lord, then you walk surely. Hallelujah. You wait on Him till you get the direction. Then you got the grace. Hallelujah. With the guidance comes the grace. Hallelujah. And the support and the ability. I know I'm being redundant, but this is so important, friend. How many times? I mean, your flesh may feel like, hey, hey, I want to get out of here. I'm tired of this. I want to change. I got to do something. But friend, if you hadn't heard from God, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself by the ear and pull yourself over to the mirror and say, look here now, sis. Look here, buddy. We're not doing anything till we hear from God. You got that straight? Nothing. We're sitting here. It may be like Jeremiah. It may be 10 days. Maybe like Daniel, might be 21 days. But wait on the Lord. Wait till you hear from Him. And I found again and again when I felt so pressured by something and I thought it had to be done right then, looking back, it didn't have to be done right then. I just thought it did. I had more time than I thought I did to work with. And the Lord knew that. He knew that. The Lord cares about us. He's not just going to leave us hanging out to dry. He's just not going to leave us out there, you know, swirling down the, the drain and him standing by watching. He's here to deliver us. But your faith will be tested. And your commitment will be tried. And you've got to make up your mind, who's calling the shots here? Am I Lord or is he Lord? Do you remember when the woman was taken in the act of adultery? And John, and they drug her in. Don't you know, Jesus was teaching. Don't you know that interrupted the service? They drug her in, threw her down in front of Jesus. And they said, you know, the law says such should be stoned. What do you say? They thought they had him. Any way he went, they thought, see, this is devilish wisdom. They thought, well, if he says stoner, well, then the people are going to think, well, he's just like those hard-hearted Pharisees. If he says don't stoner, well, then he's against Moses. He's against the law. He's against the Bible. They think they got him. He needs to hear from God. You know what he did? Anybody remember? You know what he did? He knelt down. Didn't say anything to him. He knelt down. Starts doodling in the sand. And the Bible says they continued to ask him. They were pressuring him. Okay, preacher, what about it? Do we stone her or do we don't? 
Oh, you've said all this stuff. Tell us. What do you do? You ask. You expect. You check. You, do you suppose he was checking and looking? See, he, had to, he, he was led by the Holy Ghost just like we are today. He just kept on. No matter how much pressure they put him, he just kept on. Finally, he got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he looked up. He's heard from God. He's got the wisdom of God on this thing. He, he looks up and says, He that's without sin among you, let him throw the first rock. Ben's there. Starts writing again. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. When you wait on God, You'll get wisdom that cannot be gainsaid nor resisted. You'll get wisdom that you could have never, you and all your buddies' heads put together, could have never come up with that. But you got to wait on it. And not let yourself be moved by pressure. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Oh, bless you, Lord. We're a spirit-led bunch. We're a spirit-directed, spirit-guided. Hallelujah. Anointed people. Oh, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Pray this prayer out loud after me, over yourself sincerely. Father God, thank you. I am born of your Spirit. Your Spirit is in me, leading me, teaching me, guiding me. Help me, Lord, to grow in sensitivity. To your spirit. Anything. Everything. That has dulled me. Or hindered me. Or made me less sensitive. In any way. Show it to me. Open my eyes. And by your grace. I'll cut it off. I'll change it. Help me. To draw closer to you. To draw nigh to you. And you said you'd draw near to me. I want this. I want your spirit's dealings. Your direction in me. To be stronger. And clearer. And plainer. Than it's ever been. I'm asking in Jesus name. And I believe I receive. Hallelujah. Put up your hands and thank him for it. Oh, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.